0: is black.
1: Are at? you a pant girl? Cause I'm a pant girl. I love me a good flare leg. That's why you have to shop 620. It's a luxury sportswear brand for women who value style and comfort equally. I love the flare with flare. It's my favorite. And I also love the no halo pant. You should also check out her jackets. The past the mustard and the country glamour jacket are amazing. Make sure you use code black and fashion when you shop 620 style. Can't wait to see you ladies walking down the street with your flare pants. Welcome to the black and fashion podcast we are at episode 60 meaning we are 60 in people we've been filling you guys with lots of gems and dropping a lot of information and i really hope you guys are utilizing the podcast to take notes and reach out to some of the guests for their services and their platforms to just gain and get more knowledge today i have with me janelle alvarado Um, she's an experienced fashion retail strategist um her career She started her career as a senior managing director of the School of Retailing, working for major retailers on consulting projects from e-commerce and store design to merchandising and go-to-market. In addition, she is the CEO and founder of Retail Boss, the largest online community of retail entrepreneurs, where she provides business advice and mentorship through a monthly subscription. Whether you're looking to start a fashion or beauty line, get your fashion brand, I'm sorry, starting a fashion or beauty line, get your fashion brand. Janelle is the resources. She has all the resources, people, and expertise to help you make your vision a reality. She's show you exactly what it is and what you need to do to break into the fashion retail industry. Thank you so much for joining me today.
0: Hi, Lanise. Thank you so much for having me.
1: So much information there. We're going to unpack all of that.
0: (laughs) I know it's a mouthful.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's a mouthful, but it's a great mouthful. (laughs) So I love mentorship, um, information, like anything to help people reach their goals. It's like a one for me. Mm -hmm. So we're going to start with my icebreaker. It's pretty much called this or that. So I'm just going to name a couple items and you tell me which one you prefer over the other. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, mini skirts or maxi skirts? Maxi <laughs> trench coats or motorcycle jackets? Trench coat, a brim or a beret? What was the first one? A brim, like a big brim hat or a beret? A brim hat, brim hat, and last <laughs> but not least, mules or wedges? Mm,
0: that's a hard one, heels though. I always Yo, stung so. people with that
1: one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So can you just start out by telling us just like a little bit about your background? And basically, what was the fuel or like series of events that led you into creating Retail Boss?
0: Yeah. So I actually started Retail Boss back in 2011. I had been doing a lot of stuff in the retail industry. This is around the time where blogging was kind of becoming a thing. So I was doing a lot of blogging, uh, not on the fashion side related to, you know, clothing, right? I was doing more information related to what was being uh, brought up in the retail industry. So I was doing a lot of blogging, as in like writing articles on just industry news that was happening. But for a perspective for people who aren't, you know, CEOs, and, um, you know, high level management could understand what the news is really say, because the way that they say a lot of things, there's a lot of market jargon. So I really liked reading through reports and then really um, simplifying it. And then I shared that information and people started to really like that. So that's kind of how Retail Boss began. People started following me, um, engaging with me, having me speak because of the way I was able to interpret what was happening and writing it in a clearer way. And then from that, I started doing, you know, some consulting work, and then I exactly that had a job at the university, at the School of Retailing, where I was working there, and I got a lot of experience working with a bunch of different big, big companies um, that we would do consulting work for on a project basis, and I would manage a lot of teams to get that work done. So long story short, after doing uh, some corporate, I really kind of went full circle back. And again, now Retail Boss uh, focuses mainly on helping smaller business and startups, um, people who are just trying to understand and navigate the retail landscape to start their own businesses. Love that. Love that. Can you tell me
1: a little bit about like your background, like where you grew up, where you're from, you know, what kind of led you into retail and fashion?
0: Yeah. So I am born and raised in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. So I am Canadian. Canadian. Nice. Yes. But um, my background is I'm Ecuadorian and Jamaican. So, oh, yes, West <laughs> little... Indian. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So a little bit of a mix, you know. So a little bit, you know, hot and spicy uh, here in this city, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so here it's, um, I wouldn't consider this place a small town, but everything is very traditional here. Um, It's not a very entrepreneurial place. So um, having more entrepreneurial hubs or spaces is something that people actively try to create here in our city. So um, even creating more of this kind of community that's kind of where it kind of based out of because here most people you're supposed to go into the trades you know you become a nurse or you become an electrician right you get your house by the time you're 25 you get married you have kids you're not supposed to be trying to you know do all these crazy things in the world or start your business that's really not what the culture is at least here in my uh city here in Canada so yeah I would say that's what kind of pushed me into getting into retail was here in our city we call it more of an incubator hub for retail businesses because here in our city everybody makes the highest amount of um, our average income per household so a lot of the big retailers they would introduce their stores here in our city even though our city's smaller we have higher spending, so people buy a lot more. So uh, for example, example, let's say a Victoria's Secret store here in our mall might uh, sell out way more than a store in Toronto, right? And in, in how much money they make. So there was a lot of new stores that would also always open. They would open here first, and then they would open different places in uh, Canada or anywhere else internationally. And so that's where it kind of started. That's where we have here, the School of Retailing. And I was interested in getting involved in that. And then um, I was actually the student president at that school before I got the job there. So while I was in school, I was still working um, mainly as a student helping out that center. And then I ended up getting employed there.
1: Amazing. That's what's up. hmm so tell me, um, what do you feel was like your biggest struggle when you first started out? Like doing an entrepreneur. Well, I guess yeah. I want to know both. I want to know like just getting <laughs> into the industry yourself as well yes. as um, starting your own.
0: Yes, absolutely. All right. So I would say the biggest struggle was getting, getting to the right people. I really tell people that networking is so paramount but a lot of people don't know how to network properly and you know I was one of those people in the beginning I didn't know how to network properly right so I feel like that would probably be the biggest struggle because not many people teach you how to network everybody thinks you go to an event you bring your business cards and you just start throwing them out like you're you're passing some bills so it's just like when you actually learn how to network better things become a lot easier easier in terms of getting into the industry because you need to be talking to the right people and being somebody who grew up here in my city like I said this is not a fashion capital when I say retail I'm talking about like the business side so retail stores opening right not we didn't we don't have fashion shows we don't have all of that here that's um, like we don't really have that scene So here's always been focused more on the business side. So what I would say, yeah, networking was the biggest struggle and figuring out who were the key players in our industry, even though it was smaller, um, figuring out how I can get to them, how I can talk to them for then I can move from having the contacts here in Canada and then utilizing those people to get contacts other places in the world. And then so now what used to be my biggest struggle is now my biggest asset because I'm like a networking queen now because I took out that effort to figure it out.
1: And people don't even know that that's actually like a skill. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like networking is. is actually a skill.
1: Like you have to do it and you have to do it yep. strategically. Hmm.
0: Absolutely. So that's what I would say. That was my biggest struggle, but I'm always that person. If I know this is something that's hard or something that's going to um, be a struggle for me, I invest most of my energy to figure out how to turn that struggle into a win. So I just spent a whole bunch of time figuring that out. And now um, now I think I'm pretty good. Oh, you're more than good.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so question. When
1: you're first starting out a fashion business, what would you say is like, the I guess like the first order of business like what's the crucial the most crucial point that you should well not even a crucial point but what is the first thing you should do like where you're just starting out as a fashion business is it you know incorporating technology is it the marketing side is it the branding side is it getting the right product what do you feel like is like the best way to start
0: mm-hmm. I would say the best way to start is you really have to depend because every person's situation is different right? So it depends. You, I would say you need to really write down before you even get into writing a business plan, you should just talk about, you know, where are you with where you're at? Like, do you have time? Like, do you have a lot of time in your hands to build this? Or do you have not that much time, but you have a lot of money, right? Maybe you have a lot of savings, right? Yeah. Or you have somebody who wants to invest. So or do you have a really good innovative idea? Or is it not that innovative, but there's huge market demand? So I think in the beginning, it's you have to kind of take an inventory of yourself. You need to figure out, okay, well, how much time can I dedicate? How much money do I realistically have? And what is, what is it that I really want to do? And why am I doing this? Because um, as an entrepreneur, when you're starting your business, uh, having a successful business ties down to having a really good mindset and also ties down to your lifestyle. So if you don't really know how much time you want to dedicate or what you really want to accomplish and give yourself a time frame, then it's going to be hard for you to create the business that will fulfill what you want. So that's why I always tell people, make sure you take an inventory of what you have. So for an example, let's say you have $5,000 to start your business, right? But you're working in nine-to-five, so you don't have that much time, right? right? So then you're probably going to have to hire somebody else, right, to help design those clothing because you're, you're not going to have the time to learn how to sell. You're not going to have time, right, let's say, hypothetically. So you don't have time for this. So now that 5000 that you thought you had for developing a product, maybe now you have to put a lot of that into services, right, because you have to have somebody else create that. So then it starts to dwindle down how much you really have. And then I think if you go that route, you can be more realistic in what it is you want to start now. Because I find at the beginning, most people have a lot of ideas, but you really have to think about what is the best idea right now for where you're at based on like your self-inventory, right? Mm -hmm. So that to narrow down the idea and then have resources to make that happen because your first business may not be your last business, right? So this business that you might be doing right now, you're just doing it for you can build up to, you know, getting more capital, right? Because, you know, this is in demand right now this is going to make money. And then you can pivot into a new business or new product offerings. So that's what I would say would be the first step. Really thinking about what you have right now and how you can, you know, keep flipping it to get where you really want to be. I like that. I didn't even think
1: you know it's crazy and that is so smart and so strategic like figuring out exactly where you are money-wise time-wise and Mm -hmm. I feel like I've asked that question to so many different people and that is the first answer that I've gotten like that just makes the most sense Mm -hmm. (laughs) like
0: yeah because yeah because I I talk to a lot of people who are starting out and. that's really where it comes down to because we can't just give a cookie cutter answer to, to everything. You really have to just look at where you're at. That's what I do. Mm -hmm. Right. Like all the businesses and everything that I've done, it's always been, okay, well, where am I at? Maybe I have no money. Right. Mm -hmm. But I have all this time on my hands. Right. And okay. So maybe I should do more project-based because all I have to do is write up proposals and send them out. And if somebody says yes, then, then I get money. right yeah so just like that's the kind of mindset you just have to have and you just need to know what your end goal is so as your end goal is to you know create this fashion line well okay maybe tap into what other services or things you're good at I know a lot of stylists who want to end up you know one day opening their own fashion line right and they're telling me Janelle oh how do I do this well I don't have no money I don't have enough well tap into what you have now you have your styling skills. You have clients. Throw out as many projects. Start getting all of that. For then you can then have that money resource that you're missing, and then move on to the next step.
1: That makes so much sense. Wow,
0: so profound.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something so simple, it's like <laughs> just like writing down, just like time
0: and money, just like so profound. Um, yes, just to be present in the moment. But of course, you have your vision. But we all have to, you know, sit down, be present and work in the present to achieve what we want later on
1: makes sense so of course you know i want to ask you because i feel like you're just a retail guru do you <laughs> feel that um brick and mortar is i'm gonna say dead but just like dying i want to say maybe dying off and that technology and like online um retail platforms are just doing great because the question that i get a lot is well how do i sell this stuff you know and not, a lot of people i find that are you know my client base as well as your client base just now starting out they mm-hmm. want to go direct and consumer and pretty much cut out the middleman cut out the wholesale plan but uh-huh. you know there's a lot of overhead you know cost with owning your own retail store and just all of the money with that or do you feel like that that technology and that online presence is maybe the best way to go for someone that's just starting out
0: um what i would say for somebody starting out yes because I'm sure most people starting out, the majority of people don't have the budget to you know, have their own retail operation store. Um, So what I would say is, is it dying? Yeah, the old concept of what retail was is dying, of what people think retail is. You know, I was really happy. I'm one of those people who are like, when this whole retail apocalypse was happening, I was happy. I'm like, well, it's about time because retail is so boring. It's been so boring for so long every other industry evolves. Why isn't this industry evolving? Right? Right. So, you know what I mean? I, I would say old traditional retail, the way it's been done is dead, of course. And yeah, I definitely see online is, you know, helping bridge the new gap for what consumers want, because industries need to just follow what the consumers are demanding. So if people are using their devices more, uh I feel like mobile commerce is more on the rise than even e-commerce. But um, if people are using, utilizing all of those, then they're going to, they're going to be there. They're going to expect you to be there, right? Because customers no longer going to come find you, right? Like they're not going to be. For instance, if I see advertising on Instagram of some white T-shirts and they're ten dollars, I'll probably just buy from there. Right now, I know, OK, where I can find T-shirts for $10. I'm not going to a mall to go find and sift through every store to find, you know, a $10 shirt within my budget, because why would I? There's easier ways now. So, yeah, I would say, but are they done? No, because just like you have said, we still need fulfillment centers available to fulfill the needs of e-commerce because customers are becoming more and more demanding, right? Right. So, for instance, a lot of those uh, retail spaces or malls are being converted to be fulfillment centers, right? We've seen that Amazon has been opening a lot of different fulfillment centers. They just opened up two more here in my city where people can get products even faster, mm. right? They yeah. can't be shipping things from China and taking, you know, 20 days, especially with everything that happened with COVID. There's even more fulfillment centers opening as well. Same with... um. Alibaba Alibaba just opened up a whole bunch of U.S. fulfillment centers, and that's where they ho- hold products in, right? So then when they get an order, they can actually get fast delivery because customers are becoming more and more demanding. So I would say we'll continue to see retail evolve. I don't think foot traffic is going to be as high as it's been in the past anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, now they have an additional channel the e-commerce where they can track the the footage amount of people who actually visit and purchase on on their website so it's just evolving i'm just keeping a close eye but is it dead no because people still like going to malls for specific products especially when we live in a time where people want convenience right that's the only reason physical retail is still a thing because people need something now yes right like if somebody wanted to Think of things you need right now. Let's say you need tampons, right? I'm not going to order. We might order online. But <laughs>
1: but maybe you need gotta, them you right up
0: now. And go. <laughs> you need them right now, okay? Right. Or, you know, all these are so many convenience type products that you're not going to order online because a lot of the times you just want it right now. So you're never going to order gum online. You're going to just buy it at the convenience store or buy it from the store. So same with... um. You know, some people still, when it comes to f- shoes or everybody's different. So people still like to try on, which is now a huge struggle now with the whole COVID thing, because I went to the mall a few days ago and it says, you know, don't touch anything. Yeah, wow. Really? <laughs> yeah. I was like, don't touch anything. Yeah. And it was a clothing store. Interesting. So if I can't touch anything and I can't try on anything, then what's the point?
1: Right. What's the point? <laughs>
0: Why am I going to come here for? Exactly. So that's a big thing that retail has to figure out, because if there's no reason to go in store, then it's going to get really tricky because it is expensive to also own and operate an online business because you're fighting for keywords and you're fighting against all this different advertising and everybody is trying to get the same market through hundreds of different channels. It adds up. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's where I'm at. I do see the future of retail being smaller and more niche. I definitely see a lot more specialty stores. People don't have time to browse. People don't want to browse. So it has to be very specific. So a lot of the stores that I see are doing really well are stores that are very specific. So uh, there's a store here that opened in our city. And it has all uh, different vinaigrettes. So different uh, you know, salad dressings and vinaigrettes and bread. right? So it's very specific. So, if I go there, I have a variety, I have a huge variety of the same thing I'm looking for. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, it's not like I'm sifting through a bunch of random products. I'm sifting through a lot of specific products, and then hopefully, I can find the exact product that I want. Makes sense.
1: Are you a pant girl? because I'm a pant girl. I love me a good flare leg. That's why you have to shop 620. It's a luxury sportswear brand for women who value style and comfort equally. I love the flare with flare. It's my favorite and I also love the no halo pant. You should also check out her jackets. The past the mustard and the country glamour jacket are amazing. Make sure you use code black and fashion when you shop 620 style. Can't wait to see you ladies walking down the street with your flare pants. So let's talk about like the supply chain. Um, and why it's so important to understand every aspect um, about your brand um, Mm -hmm. and how to reach your target consumer.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so when it comes to supply chain management, that's a huge thing that a lot of people neglect on when they're starting out their business, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Just like the time and lead times and how all of that works. But it is being destructive quite a bit, especially with technology on you know the new um the new norm becoming creating you know digital samples that you can tweak right and then you have you know digital fittings online which is really interesting so i'm interested to see where they that goes that can probably speed up the supply chain but in terms of um for supply chain are you talking more about you know manufacturing to getting it to the store floor or
1: I think I'm more talking about 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 the
0: entire branding aspect of it and the fit. So like, you know, making sure
1: that you're matching the consumer to the product and the different things that you would have to do throughout the supply chain in order to do that. So that would be like, you know, in the product development stage, in the branding stage as well, trying to make sure that you've been targeting the right people and that you're making the right products for the right people.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely think that is needed when it comes to, Making sure your products are something that your consumer is going to want. Yeah, you really have to understand your consumer. I'm really for um, focus groups. Um, There's companies out there who will do and assist with um, putting focus groups together once you identify your target consumer. And you can even use those focus groups to even just narrow down just even what your logo color should look like or like what your logo should look like, even if you were to get it designed, because there's a lot of psychology that goes in the back of that and each customer is different. You might like what this logo looks like to you, but if you were to actually invest in, um, you know, more of a focus group to actually have your ideal customers there to kind of say things, then you can save a lot of money down the road trying to rebrand. Because I find a lot of brands end up Rebranding. So why I bring this up is because you don't want to be um, when you're starting out, you don't want to be just doing things arbitrarily and then down the road having to switch everything again, yeah. which I see more often, more often all the time. So I would say invest early on in really understanding your consumer and ask them, don't just create products and then throw them out to the wolves. right right. there's better ways that you can figure things out also I'm somebody who is really I always tell people to focus on specific categories try to be like I said be niche in what category you're going to have but have a full variety so I would say if you're going to start something you want to let's say you want to sell you know maxi skirts Right. you talk, We talked about maxi skirts. You know which one I would like. So let's say maxi skirts. Maybe you're going to start a brand who has all the best maxi skirts in all these different colors and in different fabrics. Right? right. That's easier to market. And for me as a consumer to remember when I'm thinking about a maxi skirt, then I know, oh, yeah, there's this brand that I know they have the best skirts. You should check them out. And I'm going to go on the site and that's all I'm going to see a variety of different skirts. That's really where the market is going and that where I encourage small businesses to focus on because if they don't focus on it, the big retailers are. There are a lot of retailers who are going out of business or bankrupt because they want to, you know, get out of a lot of loans and stuff like that. But also their technology is outdated. Everything about how they run their businesses and the the storefronts and everything are just so out of tune. They can't even... um, You know, their inventory systems can't even link to the e-commerce site to develop omni-channel. So it's better for them to just close it all down and start over. It's actually, you know, more strategic. But they're going to come back looking more specialty and niche in the market. Right? So it's a good time right now for people to, again... Understand your market. Try to be really specific. Understand people don't want to be browsing anymore. And just stick to a category. So that way it's like very direct to what you're looking for. A hundred, a hundred, a hundred percent. hundred percent.
1: I just figured that out within my own brand within like the last year (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is why I haven't launched a collection in like four or five years because I was really trying to figure out like my niche and now I just make jackets jumpsuits and jammers and jammers Mm -hmm. are like my version of like clutches (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but it made more sense when I really went in and like started to focus more on that and that's kind of like the way I push my clients in that direction too opposed to always doing you know a collection or an assortment like you can find one product and be like really really great at it and Mm -hmm. be the go-to person for it
0: Mm -hmm. And just to jump on that exactly what you're saying. Also, another reason why you want to do that is because when you're actually marketing on e commerce, it can get so expensive if you always have to take new product photos, right, or if you're always changing up your inventory. But if you're just a site that always has, you know, you have the black miniskirt, you have your signature pink miniskirt, you have all these different ones, right, right. that you're just reordering the same inventory and maybe just styling in a different way, then you're not going to run into that problem where most, again, small businesses are struggling in creating new common for new pieces, always coming up with something new. I, I think I'm like, what's wrong with everything that was old? All right. Like, then you, you right? Like you has to be a better strategy to it so that also will save you so much money because you don't want to be that company creating new outfits all the time and then you have all these photos on instagram and pinterest that link to links that are all sold out it's a waste of marketing complete ways
1: mm-hmm. so i have like a little segment called "Is a success or Is a disaster <laughs> um okay ever been working like with a client um and Something really, really bad like went down, but it turned into an actual success and maybe something that you incorporated in your business afterward, like a learning lesson for you.
0: Hmm. Something that went really, really bad and then maybe it turned out well, yeah. Um, or or it was so bad that you created a whole <laughs>
1: different business structure and within your business to you know never make that mistake again. Mm.
0: Yeah, I would say. I wouldn't say I've had any clients, but I would say definitely management, certain jobs that I would have, right? Mm -hmm. Just the way they would manage um, staff or manage when I used to work under uh, a place that I used to work at. Um, Yeah, they did really, really bad management. They didn't know what they were doing half the time. And then, I don't know, that taught me what not to do. So also for those, cause I'm sure a lot of people are working nine to fives or jobs, part-time, whatever it is. And you maybe have a, you know, a manager or a supervisor that is above you, you know, and you know, let's be honest. Let's be, if I'm being really honest, a lot of those people don't know much more than, you know, right. And, but because of the titles and how the authority is set up, you have to listen to what they say. And, I would just say what I learned is as a leader, to be a good leader, you don't want to be dictating people from the top down. Okay. So even if you have a title, you should just strip the title. Like, I I don't like titles. I don't if when I run my businesses and I have people who work under me, you know, in hierarchy, if we're thinking, um, even with all the business that I have, they don't they don't feel like that. You have to talk across the board to get uh, more Done more effectively and as well better because you don't know everything. Even if you are, you know, the the lead person, a lot of people who maybe work under you know way more because they're the ones crunching data, right? Or they're the ones who actually were. Um, if we're talking about consulting, like the people who crunch data or the ones who did, you know, interviews or focus groups, they're the ones who are actually there interacting, right? And at the end of the day, we need to be very specific, even if you're starting your own business to stay in line with the topic at hand, because I feel like too many times as a leader or people attempting to be leaders think too broadly Mm -hmm. and like to generalize. And if somebody says something that they don't agree with, because generally this isn't how it goes, right? Mm -hmm. They don't want to hear it. But People need to, if as a leader or somebody who's building a business or a brand, you have to actually take in all everything that people are saying because and stick to that is very specific to the task at hand. So let's say, for example, you know, you're because you might you may be a fashion designer who's looking to work with a service company, right, to help you develop your samples, right? Mm And maybe you have an idea of what you want it to look like, right? But then something like you, Lanise, right? You, you, you know that this would fit or this would fit better or be more comfortable in a different way, right? So you might want to switch something. Right. So I would just say for people just to make sure you listen, even though it might not be something you, you want to do, you just need to think about, okay, but does this person know more than me on this specific topic? And then go from there. Makes
1: perfect sense. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Like that. You explained Mm -hmm. that very well. (laughs) (laughs) I tried. (laughs) Okay. What do you feel like are, like, some of the biggest challenges facing, like, the fashion retail industry right now?
0: Yeah, I would say the biggest challenge when it comes to at least COVID right now, what I mentioned earlier, you know, you can't touch certain products right now. You know, social distancing, Uh, What does that really mean when it comes to retail? Uh, I did go to the mall and they have people waiting in lines outside of the stores. Like as if we're going into the nightclub, like with the little, you know, bar and everything. (laughs) Uh It looks so tacky. It looks so tacky. And I, I think right now, at least for retail physically, it's the experience. What is the experience that I'm getting? Because right now, the stimulus is a negative one. Mm-hmm. Right. If I go to the mall and I'm going approaching a store, to go, there's so many negative factors, I can't just go in, and now have to wait online. I have to look, can't sample, can't touch. There's so many negative factors in there that there's no real positive reinforcement for me going in store. So that's definitely one of the biggest. Same when we talk about, you know, fashion shows as well. There's so much production that goes behind the scenes. You can't social distance from models and designers at the back of a runway show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So what is that going to look like now? How is that going to work? Because that's long hours, a whole bunch of people in very low, um, you know, um, ventilation. So what what is that going to look like? So that's where we've been seeing a lot of things become more digital, digital fashion shows or online fashion shows. But again, even a lot online fashion show, they really have to make sure there's still an experience because, and that's where I say it becomes really tricky because, you know, there was a few fashion shows, a uh, digital ones that went online, you know, that were pretty good. Right. Right. Um, You know, Hanifa had hers. That one was really good. Amazing. And, Yeah, it was amazing. And then there was another one that I had seen, and it just looked so tacky. Not good at all. But here's the thing. We all have to make sure that we are, as ourselves, when we have our own brands, to put out the best high quality as possible. Because we help steer where the market goes. Also, right, as business owners, with our own businesses. Because if people start putting a lot of let's say digital fashion shows up that are mediocre it's become it'll become like a negative experience so then people will think yeah I'm not going to go watch that those are always boring right so when it comes to the fashion industry that's why they're being really slow to this they're they have to make sure when they do start doing these things that it's very well right executed that it's high quality to leave a positive experience otherwise digital fashion shows could just go down the drain in a second if we had a bunch of mediocre ones that come out because that's just how people are these days and you don't get a second chance so you get one chance and that's it so um, other things I would also say happening you know with uh, you know um, black-owned businesses making sure you have more uh, inclusivity and diversity right also part of your brand um, but not in the sense of just having products it has to be core in your brand itself right so i think the retail and fashion industry has a really bad rap for always just using certain uh, terms even when it comes to sustainability and uh, green marketing saying a lot of terms but not actually at the core fulfilling um that through transparency and actually doing something as a company too um make sense for them to say the claims that they're saying so i think that's another thing transparency is going to be big also again um, actually being with your customer in terms of community building you can't just be a brand selling product without a voice Mm -hmm. so you need to figure out what is your narrative as a brand what is it that you guys stand for i think we're going to continue to see even more donations For certain brands, they're going to start adding, you know, a percentage of sales are going to go to this initiative or this because, you know, Generation Z coming up, that's what they really care most about. So it's going to become the norm that you should be partnering with somebody, right? Even if your collection comes out as a fashion designer, 10% of proceeds go to who? That's going to become the norm um, moving forward, I believe, for successful brands if you want to actually position yourself well.
1: That makes a lot of sense. Can you go through like your services and what you offer as a part of like your business and how
0: people could like reach out to you to work with you? Yeah. So if people wanted to get in contact, you can find us on Instagram at retailboss.inc. You can also find us online at www.retailboss.co. And if you want to get in contact with me directly, the best way is just to, again, just go through the Retail Boss platform. Um, You can send me an email to teamretalboss at gmail.com. Really what we provide is resources, community, networking, everything to help you connect with whoever it is that you want to uh, get in contact with to help build your business. From people who are PR experts to marketing experts, editors, also uh, cosmetic scientists, manufacturers for a small MOQ, as well as yourself, Linise, you know, Mm -hmm. doing, uh, you know, sample and product development. We featured you as well on our page. So that's really what it is. Um, I do still provide consulting 101, but most of the time that is for bigger retailers or retail tech companies. Um, but I'm also always open to give advice through the platform. So that's where you can find me. All right. Thank you so
1: much. Um, I appreciate you doing this today with me. I just want you to maybe just tell us what your um, your goals are for the next, you know, maybe year or two. I feel like you've accomplished so much and you're doing so much. Do you have any of like your own personal goals that you just want to share um,
0: what we can expect to see next from you? Yeah, I would say um, from the business side, uh, we are just trying to grow our database. So right now we have about uh, 800, you know, wholesalers, manufacturers and B2B partners on our website. So we're just trying to grow that to become one of the really big databases for people to kind of be able to just start their business. Everybody is vetted and willing to work with smaller brands Right. So that's really what I would be saying our focus is moving forward. Um, personal wise, you know, I've been trying to focus on my personal brand because um, I do focus mainly on my businesses, my businesses. I feel like I'm really good at branding them uh, for my personal side. I'm going to be focusing more on um. Doing more industry talks. I I used to do that all the time. So I'll probably be on my podcast more. So you can also see our podcast at Retail Boss uh, podcast on, um, on Apple and Google Play. So you can find us there. So that's what I would say moving forward. You'll see more of Janelle talking about the industry. There's just so much going on. I can't. I can't uh, stay silent anymore. I know so much. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's just so much. I'm like, oh,
1: I can't fit this all on a post. So, girl, when I tell you, I'm in the same boat. <laughs> mm-hmm. So much going on. So, last thing is my last segment is there is a. uh It's called um. What? Oh my God! Why did I just have a whole brain fire right there? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh it's, it's called it's a muse <laughs> but okay. is there anything that um like reading wise or exhibit wise or movie wise or anything that you would like to just throw out there that you think that could help or inspire or motivate someone
0: hmm, help or inspire or motivate
1: you yeah so reading articles a book maybe maybe a, a netflix yeah. show anything that you know maybe inspired you or you, or, you know
0: you want to share it Mm-hmm. Well, I have this book that I read all the time. It's called Light is the New Black. It's by Rebecca Campbell. Yeah. So it's a really, really great book. She has a lot of stuff. She's um, She talks a lot about, you know, manifestation and just working your inner light to get what you want. So I would say that's a great book. It'll help those who are starting out their business. And um, it's not business specific, but I mean, just you understanding that, You know, you're just to shine your light out into the world. And your goal is really to help other people shine as well for you all shine brighter. Um, And just to understand that moving forward with your business, because I feel like sometimes people get too caught up in just their business. You're not the only business out here in the world. Right. (laughs) Right. There's other people going through the same things as you. So if you want support, right, and that's what the book is really about, you know, if you want support, you want people to support you, you have to support others. So that's a really good book, you know, the light, light is the new black, and they'll help you um, not only with networking, but also uh, finding support to help you grow your business. All right.
1: Love that. All right, so. I, like I said before, I really appreciate you doing this with me today. I think that you dropped a lot of gems and spread a lot of information. And I hope that this inspires and helps someone and they reach out to you and, you know, they keep
0: continuing to grow and inspire and motivate. Yeah. Thank you so much, Lily This was so much fun. We'll, we'll have to do this again. Yes, we, we will. Interview.
1: We're um, going to have to have um, a, a whole podcast of- too. We're gonna have to have a whole like discussion panel thing. I feel like we got to get everybody together on the panel, like me, you, Mary, Emily, like all. Oh, girl, we're already
0: working on it. We're already working on it.
1: See, I'll give you those details. See, yeah, I'm like, I
0: need this.
1: (laughs) This needs to happen. This needs to come together.
0: (laughs) I know we need some new voices. That's what I realized. I'm like, we need to actually use our voices because we have a lot to say. We're just, we're just all such busy women that we haven't said enough. Like yeah. we haven't said enough. And yeah, that's why again, like I'm saying, you know what? I'm gonna get back in that because our voices are needed.
1: Right, absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, enjoy the rest of your Monday. This episode will come out next week, and I'll definitely send you all the details. Okay. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Stay black, peace out. <laughs> Bye. It's
0: black. What she looking at? is black. What you looking it's black. What you looking Masking at? Masking.
1: It's black. What you looking Masking.
0: at? Masking.